Job 37, verse 14, in the New King James Version of God's Word, it says, Listen to this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Listen to this. Oh, Job, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. I want to speak to you for a few minutes as the Spirit of the Lord should lead me on the topic, a God of wonders. A God of wonders. Subtopic, church Please just remember. Church, please just remember. The life we live in is a life that hopefully most of the time is filled with joy, sunshine, smiles, laughter, Promotions on your job, promotions in school where you go to the next grade, graduations, buying new cars, buying and purchasing new homes, just things full of blessings from God. The problem is, though, is that life is just not full of good things. Life is also full of other things. Not gonna call them bad things. Just other things. Sadness, suffering, pain, problems, persecution, heartache and headache, climbing up mountains, walking through valleys, having to cross oceans. All these things. but I wish we could just have good things. But we can't. Because when things are good, everybody's happy. When things are good, everybody's full off of joy in the Lord. When things are good, everyone's involved, everyone's connected to their brothers and sisters in Christ, everyone's connected to God. When things are good, the singing's great, the prayers are great, the sermons are great, the giving's good, the communion focusing on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is good. But as soon as there's a bump in the road, as soon as the spiritual forecast says there's rain coming, it ain't even here yet. People become fickle and fake. Why? Because for some reason, we don't like hard times. And so when things don't go the way that we think they should go, when they should go, how they should go, then all of a sudden we pack up. Amen. 
See, some of the folk that need to hear this ain't here because they done. So get them a copy of the CD and mail it to them and say, I purposely said it. Because when all's good, we all here. But when you have setbacks, folk leave. Failing to realize that they're not, honestly, really just leaving the church. They leaving their family. And in essence, then, is also separating them apart from their father, which is God. Because now it's more about you and not about Why do we do that? Because we don't like confrontation. We don't like trials. We don't like tribulation. We don't like issues. We don't want anything going wrong. And when it goes wrong, we change jobs. When it goes wrong, we get divorces. When it goes wrong, see, it gets quiet. We switch congregations. When it goes wrong, you blame everybody else, but the only common denominator is you. Why? Because that's just how our mind works. But when you do that, those that you leave behind are now in a place, in a predicament where they must unite closer together so that their one faith will not then be destroyed, distracted, or diluted. Because if not, you'll remember the glory days when even this auditorium was packed from the front to the back. I'm going to get to the text in a second. But you'll look around on Sunday when now I got empty seats. All that is is God making room for the new folk. Who go show up and God go show out through them? Yeah, I said it. Your glass is not half empty, it's half full. So you just gotta keep filling it up. See, in the book of Job, God made a deal with Satan to test Job. It's crazy because Job was recommended by God to go through hell. Some of y'all looking at me funny right now. He went through hell. He lost his sons, he lost his daughters, he lost all of his animals, he lost his home, he lost everything. Then had sores from the crown of his head to the sole of his foot. Y'all, that's hell. Some of y'all looking at me like y'all don't understand. Lose your mama, lose your daddy, lose your child, and I bet you you go feel like you are in hell. 
lost it all. But the Bible says that all Job did was shave his head, rent his clothes, bow down and worship God and said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the devil's mad. Why? Because I've made your many become few. But it's sad because we always think that after that first wave that the devil ain't going to come back. And the thing about the devil is, y'all, he got all the time in the world. His one job is to try to make you go to hell with him. And so after the first wave, he didn't get Job to act the way that he wanted Job to act. So then he went through the second wave and he didn't take something, but he left something. He left his wife that said, well, Job, it must be you. You just need to curse God and. Now, see, I ain't coming after the sisters. I ain't coming after y'all today. I'm sorry, because some of you sisters married a man that act like Job's wife. See, whether you a male or a female and you telling your mate to curse God and die, I'm sorry. I wish God would have took you and left the kids. Some of y'all go catch that on the way home. Because see, for us, we're just, okay, well, that's my love. That's my boo. That's my bae. It don't matter, your boo, bae. It, it, you need to maybe celebrate Halloween with them because they may have been dressing up as a Christian, but they actually ain't a Christian. They just church folk. And church folk and Christian are two different things. See, I ain't lying. Yeah, we've all lost some people, whether it's physically, spiritually, in our congregations, everything. But the thing is, the devil always leaves somebody left behind to still cause mess, still cause drama, to still put stuff on Facebook, Twitter, to still be the snitch in the church house in order to let those who left all the drama, all the issues, because it's all going to be on Facebook. Brother Hodges showed up and he was talking about us. I shown up this, so quote me right. And here's Job's wife <laughs> telling y'all just quit just curse God and die just give up and say that y'all ain't going nowhere that y'all will never make it to interstate 30 that y'all will be a church that'll either stay here or die just curse God and die I'm sorry if you my rib like that if I was the woman and you or my body like that then I would have to cut you out and get rid of you why because you are not strengthening my faith strengthening my relationship with God but you are trying to hinder and dilute my relationship with God but the second wave didn't work First wave didn't, second wave didn't, so he sent the third wave, and the devil sent three friends. Lord have mercy with friends like this. I don't need enemies. You telling me that it's all my fault that my kids are dead? It's all my fault that I've lost all my stock? It's all my fault because I've lost my home? It's all my fault because I have sores from the crown of my head to the sole of my foot? It's all my fault. It is not always the person's fault who's going through hell. 
Preacher, what are you talking about? Remember the text says that Job was a righteous man. He didn't do nothing wrong. And that's why God chose him. But see, many of us, we don't want to admit it, but we actually do have the Old Testament belief that you only go through stuff when you fall into sin. But last time I checked, I was a New Testament preacher, New Testament believer. And if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. What are you talking about, preacher? That means you are going to suffer because you enlisted into God's army. So don't think you're not going to suffer. Actually take it as a badge of honor because if you ain't going through suffering, then you need to question what side are you on. Three friends that didn't have nothing good to say. Why? Because I honestly believe that Job had friends that, that I call church folk and not Christians. Church folks show up every Sunday, they eat a cracker and juice, they give a few dollars, they lift up songs, uh, they hear the prayers, they hear the sermon, but Christians actually worship. Church folks show up to look and see who's wearing what, what y'all driving in, but Christians show up to stir up love and good works amongst each other. See, just because you showed up don't mean you're a Christian. Just because you went and got wet don't mean you're a Christian. You may just be a church folk. And our problem is many of us go have communication with church folk and not with Christians. See, who is your inner circle? Who is your clique that you hang around with when trials and storms and tribulations come within you and attack you personally? Who is it? that you go to. Do you go to church folk or do you go to Christians? Do you go to folk who go give you what the word of God says or do you go to people who go tell you what they think you should do? Okay, okay. Some of y'all let me like me. Okay. I've never understood why married folk go get advice from single folk. And the single folk they go get advice from ain't in the word. So they're not giving you book, chapter, and verse. They're not going to Genesis chapter 1 and 2. They're not going to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. They're not going to Ephesians 5. They're not going to 1 Peter chapter 3. They're not going to nothing in the Bible to talk about husband and wives. But they go give you advice and they ain't got no man, ain't got no wife. And you're doing this. Taking all the notes you can. But then you'll have a married couple that's been married for 30, 40, 50 years and you won't listen to anything they have to say. Why? Because we like to talk to folk who go tell us what we want to. See, those are church folk. Christians tell you things that you may not want to hear because they're concerned about you now and later Job made it through all three occurrences that the devil tried to get him to turn on God 
And it's crazy because we'll have one incident in our life and we'll turn on God. But then finally, we get to today's text. And see, this message given to Job by Elihu is a message that applies to all of us. See, the thing is, is that this message is about us making sure that our thoughts are on God. Not that you think about God, but that your thoughts are on God. Some of y'all looking at me like, like I'm crazy. Okay. See, thinking is an active verb. See, thinking. It means you are doing something. And one thing you are doing is criticizing your thoughts, seeing whether they fit together or not. And if they don't fit together, then you begin to change them and experiment with other thoughts. You get new perceptions, new insights. That's what thinking is. I'm not asking y'all to start thinking. Why? Because when some of y'all think, you think yourself out of your Christianity and think yourself into being a church member. See, I don't need you thinking. There are certain core values that we all know, believe, that we were taught from the cradle up. But now that you educated, now that you got your bachelor's degree, your master's degree, your terminal degree, now you so educated that you're thinking so much that now you have thought yourself out of what you knew was fact. See, I don't need you to think. I need you just to have thoughts. See, thoughts are conditioning. See, in order to explain what this means, let me examine uh, Pavlo and his dogs. See, the dogs would salivate when Pavlo would bring them food. So then Pavlo would then ring a bell and the dogs would associate the bell with food. And so then what he would do then is just ring the bell with no food, but the dogs would still salivate because they tied the bell to the food, even if there was no food. See, our thoughts need to be that whenever we go through something, you should already have something there that makes you salivate on God. Even though deliverance hasn't showed up, you should salivate because you know deliverance is on its way. See, our problem is when you go through stuff, you start thinking so you don't salivate, so you don't speak things as though they are coming. You have doubt in your asking. You don't have faith, and so you wonder why God never blesses you with what you need. Because God wants you to praise him for what he's going to give you not what he gave you. Okay. We wait to praise God too late. That's all it is. 
Some of y'all couldn't praise God today. Y'all ain't praised God last Sunday, next Sunday, Sunday after that. Y'all can't praise because y'all waiting, y'all holding on to y'all praise. Even some of the folk who left, they gonna come back in the new building. Why? Because that's when they want to praise them. When God gives y'all the new building and you move in where the devil is a liar. Even if God holds that building from another year from now, y'all need to praise God even while you're in here. Just salivate and know that God's going to give it to you. But if you don't know he is, why would he give it? See, I need y'all to remember the thoughts of God and stop trying to think about God. Because you will think yourself out of what you already know and believe. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's get to the text. I got to give y'all three quick points and let y'all go. Yeah, amen. I heard that, Bishop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pointing at you and I ain't even looking up. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Tell you what, get them. Lord have mercy. See, who is this person named Elihu? See, Elihu was a young man who gave fiery defense of God's righteousness. See, now the name Elihu literally means my God is he. Y'all miss y'all shout. His name literally means my God is he. Why? Because my God is he that will deliver me. My God is he that will quench my dehydrating soul. My God is he that will put a new song on my lips. My God is he that will transition me from this build to the next build. My God is he that will give me whatever it is that my heart's desire. My God is he. See, are we surrounding ourselves with three fickle fake friends or are we surrounding ourselves with folk who can literally boldly state, my God is he. See, anybody got somebody like that where every time they come to you, they giving you what the Lord can do and now you getting tired of hearing it. You shouldn't be. See, Elihu has shown up and he has urged Job to let God teach him. He said that suffering was not inconsistent with divine justice for God used it for constructive purposes. God uses your problem, your pain, not to tear you down, but to build you up. That's why we quote that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Why? Because the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent, it might have made you wobble a little bit, but God's going to build up on that situation in order to make you stronger for the next one. He's trying to get Job to get all the comments that his wife made, that his friends made, out of his head. Why? Because trash in, trash out. Put some holiness in, you'll get some holiness out. See, he's warning Job against turning aside to evil by developing a rebellious and critical attitude as a result of his affliction. 
People getting mad when stuff don't go their way. Elihu's trying to tell them, don't get mad, don't get rebellious, don't get angry. Because that's naturally what we want to do. Well, I wanted the program to go this way. I wanted you to cook this for dinner. I wanted you to rub my feet. I wanted you, I wanted you, I wanted, and since you ain't getting nothing that you want, now, it's not about what you want. It's about what can you do for God. Elihu's trying to get Job to understand it's not about even your affliction. He wanted to exhort him to transform his complaint into praise. I'm sorry, church, but we as a body of believers don't understand that the more hell you're going through means the louder your hallelujah needs to be. Because if you can do that, then you can let the devil know that he is not going to win. But what are we willing to do? Are we willing to still praise God and not complain? See, Elihu's trying to pump Job up, but he said, then Job, let me just expound on God's justice. And he would describe the greatness of God the creator that is even beyond the full human comprehension. He said, I want to talk to you about God, and this is verses 15 and afterwards, that you can't even make sense out of. It don't make sense that we had a God that said, let there be light, and there was no sun, moon, and stars. But there was light. He said, I need you to focus on the right stuff. And so Elihu says, listen to this. In other words, he's saying, Job, you need to set priorities. See, our problem is people try to get our attention that's trying to build us up and not tear us down, but we won't give them our full attention. Elihu said, Job, Pay attention to what I'm about to say. Church, I'm telling y'all, pay attention to what I'm telling you today. Listen to this. Meditate on what I'm telling you about the wondrous works of God because then your thoughts will be okay. And so when things get bad, you won't leave. You won't stray. You won't throw in the towel. You'll be strong. You'll be committed. You'll be faithful. You'll be dedicated, not to this church, but to God. See, this listen to this is trying to get Job to make a high priority to what he's about to say. See, the priority of this uh, meditation makes it more important than many other things. Therefore, we ought to do this uh, meditation, exhorting here more often than most of us do. See, when people are trying to get your attention and really trying to get you to listen to something, do you actually pay attention? 
I mean, people always tell us the best sermons are sermons that are 25 minutes or less because the attention span of most folk can only remember what you talked about for 25 minutes. But y'all will go spend 15, 25 dollars to go to a movie and y'all sit there for two hours, two and a half hours. Hold your pee like, is it almost over? Is it almost over? And if it's a Marvel movie, you run to the bathroom at the end before the credits are over and come back in and sit there. And you can quote the movie. Because it's a high priority for you to learn about the movie. But it's not a high priority for you to hear the word of God. See, what's your priority? Elihu is trying to tell Job, I need you to change your priority. So listen to this. But the thing is, you can start listening, but then he says, I need you to stand still. See, he said, Job, I need you to change your priority, but Job, I also need you to be patient. Stand still. See, this means to stop what we are doing and to meditate on the wonderful works of God. See, this requires patience, and that's actually something that we really don't have. See, if you are going to learn much, you will have to stop running around and stand still and let the learning process take over. People today are on the go so much that they do not have time to just stop and focus on God. No wonder we are so rattled and nervous, confused, frustrated, depressed, and lose perspective and values. We won't stop and focus on him. And if we do, you're so quick because your focus can only be 15 seconds, but God may say, I need 15 minutes. And it's crazy because if your boss on your job asks you to stay for overtime or to come in early, you'll do that. But when God says, just give me, we're not patient enough. Well, they sung too many songs this morning. Well, I guess they were just doing that because the preacher hadn't showed up yet. Now those songs are already written down and they will go sing all those songs. <laughs> but they better not do it next week. Because y'all infringing on my time. Why? Because there may be a football game. I got a pot roast uh, in the crock pot going. I got something that's going to patient when you're trying to focus on God. See, God needs to be a priority. God needs you to be patient. But then God also needs you to pay attention to the particulars. He said, listen to this. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. The particulars. See, the particular thing on which we are to meditate about God here is his wondrous works. See, we seldom think about God's wonderful works, which are many and great. See, our public school system doesn't even seem to want students to think about God's work. Why? Because we put evolution in there trying to get kids focused off God and off the Big Bang Theory. See, what are we willing to do to think about what God has already done? 
What God has already done in your individual lives. What God has already done for y'all as a congregation. What God has already done in your family's life. Can't you just remember the wonderful works that God has already done? And so Elihu is just saying, Job, I know you're going through it on the outside. But on the inside, just have thoughts about God. See, it doesn't matter what the storm looks like on the outside if I got peace on the inside. See, what are your thoughts on? Are your thoughts on self or the Savior? Are your thoughts on sin or sanctification? Are your thoughts on pimping or praising? We got pimps in the church. Male pimps, female pimps, young pimps, old pimps. Come to church for that purpose. Not to praise, but to pimp somebody. Thoughts are not on God. Where are your thoughts? Church, we just got to remember. Just remember when y'all are going through it, when y'all are having to decide how we go pay for this building and that building, when you're trying to decide, are we going to be able to make enough money because members keep popping up, leaving, disappearing, changing their membership. People stop working in the Lord's house. What are we going to do? Just think about it. Just remember, remember that you serve a God that created the world, that he stepped out of nowhere, reached back into nothing, pulled out something and made somewhere. Just remember that you serve a God that sat there and made man from the dust of the ground and breathed within him the breath of God. Remember that you serve a God that then made man go to sleep and took from him a rib and made woman. Just remember that you serve a God that gave a young shepherd boy enough oomph within himself to kill an uncircumcised Philistine. Remember that you serve a God that protected the first firemen, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, codenamed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from getting smoke-filled lungs. Remember that you serve a God of the Spirit that leads you to all truth. Remember that you serve God of the Spirit that interprets your grumblings to the Lord. Remember that you serve a God of a Spirit that has made residence up in you. Remember that you serve God the Son who healed blind Bartimaeus. Remember you serve God the Son that healed a man at the pool of Bethesda. Remember you serve God the son that healed Peter's mother-in-law. Remember that you serve God the son that walked on water, that fed 5,000 men, that fed 4,000 men, that turned water to wine, that touched a dasmal by the hand and said to kumi, which is being interpreted dasmal I say unto thee arise. A God that touched a coffin and told a young man to get up and he popped up. That walked to a tomb of Lazarus his friend and cried out with a loud voice Lazarus come forth and he that was both dead but bound hand and foot came forth out of the grave remember this is the God you serve him not man you serve a God that separated 
The waters below from the waters above. You, you worship and serve a God that took the appetite of lions. When Daniel was in the den. But you think your lions go take you out? Remember, I just want the church to remember. Stuff doesn't go the way we think it should. But remember that you ain't in control of anything. I know we have plans. I know we educated that we come up with all this and that. But church, it don't matter. But just know that God is still in control. And in the end, you may not get what you want. You may get more. But if you ain't patient enough, wait you won't get you won't be job who got more in the end than what he lost y'all don't quit i'm not quitting i'm not throwing in the towel When the devil comes after me, all he does is make me mad. And when I get mad, I fight. And I ain't fighting God. I'm going to fight the enemy. Are y'all willing to fight the enemy today? Just remember. Remember in the days ahead. Y'all go do great things. Off Interstate 30. So go on, praise God now. Because y'all going. May not be on your time. But in God's time, it's going to be just right. Where are you at in your life? Things are bad. Things are not good for a lot of us. Kids don't act right. Spouses don't act right. Church folk don't want to act like Christians. We all got stuff going on. But what do you need in order to get you to have the right thoughts on God? See, if you're not a child of God, that's the main issue. Because you're not one, you can't get your thoughts on him. How can you think about him when you ain't one of his? See, my son turned three two Thursdays ago. People ask me, why does your son show more affection for you than he does towards his own mama, towards his, his pawpaw, 
his uncle, and even my mama, his nana. Why? Because I made sure that he knew me. Yeah, I didn't marry his mama, but the first six months of his life, I watched him every day. When I had meetings at City Hall, he came with me. When I had meetings with the mayor, with the police chief in Plano, all that stuff I was doing, he was right there. On my chest, feeding him, changing him. Then after that, I made sure I saw him at least six out of seven days out of the week. Because he my son. And so when he has a nightmare, he calls me. When he having a bad day at school, he calls me.